God's grace, his mercy, his peace are ours today as we gather around his gifts in the name of Jesus. Would you join me in a word of prayer, please? Lord God, thank you for this day. We thank you for bringing us together as sisters and brothers in Christ in your house around the good things that you want for us. Lord, we pray that you would send us your Holy Spirit, that our minds and our hearts might be open to receive the full measure of the blessing you've set apart for us today. Help us, O Lord, to find ourselves here. And most importantly, to hear your words of love, compassion, forgiveness, and a calling to come to you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God has made us to walk through doors in our lives. There are doors that once you walk through that door, you never can go back again. Once you've made your way through, things change to the point where you just can't go back. In the fall, I think about school. Remember that first day of school? Once you walk through that door of going to school for the first time, your life changes. Things aren't the same after that. You think about yourself differently. You think about your relationships with people differently. Your world is a different world. It's not just your home anymore, but now there's this big world out there that now you have a place in. And when you grow up, you leave home, perhaps for your first job or to go to school and you're on your own for the first time, that's a door that you walk through that you can never go back again. Things change. If God blesses you with a spouse, it happens when you're married. It happens when you become a parent. It happens on your kids' first day of school. When they walk through that door, your life is never the same again either. And I think about that, um, especially today, because when it's time for your kids to make a big shift like that, there's always all these things that you want to remind them of, right? Don't forget about this. Remember that. Remember to do this. Don't forget to do that. And we want to give it to them all at once right before they walk through that door. And that's kind of how I'm hearing what Jesus is up to in our text for today. Because it's a part of a large section of teaching that Jesus has with the crowds and with his disciples. And as you read through this text, it'll say, and Jesus said to the people. And then it's like, he turns to the side, and then Jesus says to the apostles. So he's kind of going back and forth. And the word that he's speaking to us today is a word to his disciples, his apostles. And we're going to begin with something we really, really need to hear. We heard a translation that said, temptations are sure to come, right? And that's, that's the way that it's rendered in, I think it's the ESV, the English Standard Version. And you know, you hear something like that, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's the wallpaper. Let's get on to the real stuff here, right? Let's hear the real thing. But no, if we don't look at this first sentence carefully, 
we're missing something really important. Because the way Jesus says it to us, he says, the causes of sin are impossible to avoid. And he, does, he could have used a lot of words for temptation or a different word for temptation, but he uses a word here, scandalon, like scandal. The cause of sin is impossible not to have around. That's what he's saying. And yet, you know, when it shows up in our lives, we're always surprised by it, right? We are always surprised when sin shows itself. It shows itself in so many ways. And Jesus is reminding us today that we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world and that we are broken people living in a broken world. So guess what? Don't be surprised. When things don't work out between you and somebody else or you're having conflict or you're having a disagreement or your behavior or their behavior is such that it threatens your relationship, it shouldn't shock us. At the same time, we shouldn't just say, oh, well, either. Because that's not what Jesus is saying here either. But he's saying, be ready for it. But then he goes a step further, and he says, but woe to the person through whom that cause to sin comes. You hearing yourself here? Do you see when you look in the mirror that there are times when you are the cause for sin in another person's life? I do. I can't avoid it. There have been lots of times when that's demonstrated itself in my relationships. I'm cranky, tired. Other things have happened that weren't a part of the conversation I'm having with another person. But it creeps in. And I say something hurtful. Or I miss something I really should see. Or I just avoid a problem altogether. Or I make a bad choice. And I do something that hurts somebody that I really love. You know what that feels like. Jesus is talking to you today, just as he's talking to me. Don't be surprised when these things happen because you're a broken person living in a broken world among other broken people. And it's into that context that Jesus talks about forgiveness. See, that's the mark of the Christian faith, is that we live in our relationships in a spirit of forgiveness. And Jesus says, if you have a person in your life who sins against you and they ask for your forgiveness and they repent, forgive them. And not just one time, but he says seven times. And that seven isn't to be a limit 
on your forgiveness. What Jesus is saying is that that spirit of forgiveness needs to be pervasive all the time. But it's pretty hard when someone keeps sinning, isn't it? If someone comes to you, well, let's say the third time, and says, I'm sorry for this thing that I've done again, don't you say to yourself, what do you think I am? You think I'm dumb? You think I'm stupid? You think I'm just going to allow this to continue forever? You don't really mean it, do you? And when we find ourselves in that position, we need to see the person with the eyes of Christ. To see that person in our lives through the eyes of Jesus. And what Jesus sees is someone whom he knows completely and loves completely. This last year and a half or so has been a real challenging time for me because I've had to say goodbye to a lot of people in my life, people who the Lord has taken to their heavenly home. And both my mom and dad, as well as other people that have been important to me. And a, a psalm that's become very meaningful to me as I work with that inside is Psalm 139. This is the psalm where David says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know that full well. And he says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah. That God knows all the days of your life before one of them ever came to be. It's comforting. It's comforting to know that you share that with him. But the longer you live with that, the less comfortable it becomes. Because he knows that too. You know, all those things that you don't want other people to see about you? All those thoughts and feelings and reactions that you have to things? God sees that too. And the most wonderful news in the world is that he still wants you. He knows all that stuff. He knows those things, and still, he wants you. Just like he wants those people in your life who make your life difficult, who come to you for the 70th time and say, will you forgive me? Because we all find ourselves in this same boat. We all find ourselves in this same position and you know, the disciples, for one time, they ask the right question. When, they, when Jesus says, you must forgive your brother seven times, they say, increase our faith. They finally got something right. They asked for the right thing. Because it takes a lot of faith to forgive somebody who keeps coming back to you. It's placing your life 
into the hands of God. It's placing their life into the hands of God. And trusting him to take the mess that we make of things and make it good and bless it. We're not strangers to this. We're not the only ones who feel this way. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 7, the lector's nightmare. The good things that I want to do are not the things that I do, but the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I do. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And the conclusion that he comes to is thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. That's what we hold on to. That's what we hold on to for the great big picture of ultimately how things turn out in eternity. But it's also what we hold on to when it comes to our relationships with each other today. So that when things break down, we can trust that God will bring healing and wholeness as we seek to follow him. Another really important encouragement that Jesus gives on our first day of school here is he says, pay attention to yourself. Did you hear that? Pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to what's going on inside of you, in your heart, in your mind, and recognize that we have an enemy who wants to take your vision off of your Savior and put it onto other things. Most of the time, it's yourself. Most of the time, he wants you to feel, uh, or he's pushing you to feel hurt and outraged and separate. And the Lord calls us to wholeness and completeness and resolution in him. Even if we don't know what exactly things are going to work out to be, we live in a relationship of trust and faith in God that he will accomplish in us and in the people in our lives those things that he's purposed for us. He promises us that. His love for us is that deep. Remember that he knows everything. And still, he wants people like you and like me. The love of Christ is bigger than any grudge we can hold against one another. It's bigger than any separation that we have. And our calling is first to receive it from him and reflect it to each other. Just like I wanted my kids to know on their first day of school, when everything was going bad and things weren't going the way that you wanted it to, know that I love you. Know that you get to come home. And that's the promise that our Lord offers to us here. Know that I love you. Know that I love that person that you're crossways with right now. And know that you get to come home. God bless us as we seek to hold on to those promises and hold on to the deep love that the Lord has for us in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this word today. At first, it sounds like a pretty harsh word. 
an encouragement to do something that we're often not inclined to do. And yet, Lord, in the context of you entering into this world and taking on the burden of our sin and paying the price for that sin on the cross, not just ours, but all sin, for all the people that we know, too. We ask, Lord, that you would send us your Holy Spirit, that we might first see that and hold on to the promise of the deep love that you have for us, love that is founded in knowledge and understanding. And bless us with hearts that are ready to follow you in that way. Even when we don't see, we trust that you do. Guide and direct our steps and our relationships that the things that we say, the things that we do, might point to the blessing of the cross under which we all live and allow it to carry us to that life eternal with you. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.